Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And on a happy note. What? Happy note. You're not the only one married. What do you mean? <laughs> What are you talking about? We're married. How yeah, does that? How, how this work? <laughs> so you, you did you, it. So it's you married, official. Where? So you married during the quarantine? Yeah. Yep. Quarantine style. What the hell just happened in quarantine? I'm literally down the hall from her. Why didn't she call anybody? I mean, she could have FaceTimed us. Wait, 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 so, well, you know, we always wanted to do like a beach ceremony, but because of the quarantine and everything that's happening with the pandemic, we didn't really want to risk having or everybody. Invite, or invite everybody, you know, invite Yeah, it was like people, all or nothing. People. So we found an officiant to come marry us in the apartment, social distance. He came, it was just me and Florian. And they came inside? He came inside. We had the room decorated in candles and I wore my dress. It was like my own Cinderella moment. It was crazy. Why did you keep it from us? Like why? It, to keep it from us. Oh, I tell everybody. Because or, I didn't or tell really everybody to know come. how you felt. I kind of felt like the last time we left off, it was you were kind of upset with Florian and me, and I didn't really need the negative feedback. <laughs> to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, 90 Day Fiance Edition. Let's start off with Darcy and Stacy, as we usually do. This was an episode <laughs> that I think for the Darcy and Stacy lovers worldwide, this was like a great episode. Oh my gosh. So 
We start off with Darcy in the interview chair. She's looking very, very somber. And she says, you know, a producer asks her if she's, excuse me, if she's okay. So she said, you know what? One thing came to the surface while quarantining with Georgie and I needed to talk about it with somebody other than him. I need to talk to you guys about it. So we find out. That Georgie's floppy Fabio looking ass is still married. And here's where there's a bit of a discrepancy. So then he tells us that he is technically still married, but he's been separated for the past year. And, you know, he's going through the divorce process. He was supposed to, he anticipated being officially divorced within a few weeks But quarantine happened, the pandemic happened, the courts closed, and now it's basically on hold until they open up again. He tells us the whole story about this woman that he met. I think she's German and they met at some modeling event and things were really great between them. And then they started arguing. They were married about three and a half years. I'm not sure if he's counting the year that they've been separated, but. That's neither here nor there, I guess. Um, But he claims that when he and Darcy met in Miami, that he told her that he was still married and that she basically didn't have any sort of response or reaction to it. He said, you know, the drinks were flowing. We're having a good time. Maybe she just didn't want to hear what I was saying. Okay. So he also tells her this while they're like driving in a car together. They're about to go to the park and she has no response to him telling her, like, I did tell you this already and you should know. So I just assumed that you remembered. Um, <laughs> this is so wild. So the producers go back to Darcy and they ask, well, when did you find out? And she's like, you know, I have no recollection of him telling me that when we were in Miami, yes, we were drinking, but eh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't really know if I would have been in a relationship with him or tried to be in a relationship with him if I had known at the time or remembered at the time that he was still married. Mm. Do we believe that? Darcy takes a lot of table scraps (laughs) and you know what I don't want to like insult our girl here but I think if she saw enough muscles she might ignore a lot of red flags that's all I'm gonna say so she says you know like I'm basically bankrolling Georgie's life I'm paying for the rent at our apartment which I indirectly true I mean I'm sure she's paying for it in the sense that production is paying for it. And since it's her show, like maybe this is coming out of her salary. I I don't know. But she also says she bought him like gym equipment. And she's like, you know what? I really need assurance with this relationship. So then they go on this hike (laughs) and she, he's wearing a backpack and she's trying to like get on his back because she's afraid of, uh, poison ivy. <laughs> okay. 
He's like, I really don't want you to get up on my back. And then she's like, no, 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 just wait a second. She's like, on his back, like, as low as you could possibly go. Probably in the most uncomfortable position for one to be just, like, hanging, you know, like, 120 pounds on your lower back. Doesn't feel good to anybody, I'm sure. She's like, oh, you're really light, babe. Like, you're so skinny. Um, Can you get off of me now? <laughs> and it, it's clear to me that Georgie knows all the right things to say to Darcy to get what he wants. So they get to the top of this, like... I'm not going to call it a mountain. They get to the end of the hike and there's a beautiful view of Connecticut and she's hears some bells from the distance. She goes, wedding bells. Maybe that's a sign. Oh, but aren't you still married? (laughs) Darcy is the queen of like passive aggression of just like side comments. And that's why I love her. That's why I love my girl. So the couples are about to meet up for the first time. So Stacy and Florian, Darcy and Georgie. And I am just so excited since last episode, Darcy, or excuse me, Stacy and Florian got married. I'm like goosebumps, hair standing at the back of my neck for the moment that Darcy realizes that everybody in this equation is married except for her. gosh so they decide to meet up at the park for a picnic they have not seen each other the couples have been quarantined for 14 days before they you know decided to hang out again so (laughs) we see like both sides of like the girls preparing for this picnic and Darcy's main concern is if Stacy will approve of Florian but by that we know we mean like is she going to be jealous? Is she going to see our relationship and see that it's good and see that we're cute and like be jealous of the fact that we're together and better than her and Florian, right? Stacy's concern as they're like preparing the area is that Florian looks better than Georgie. And she keeps making these comments about, you know, Georgie's so muscular and he's so big and he's an athlete and a model and you know can, can you like do some push-ups can you fix your hair you know he I just feel like Darcy's gonna feel some type of way okay so we obviously needed to be talking about what Darcy decided to wear this picnic basically everybody else is in some level of athleisure <laughs> Darcy goes in a gray almost like sports bra kind of crop top full-on bell bottoms sparkly wedge heels <laughs> and it's just like I just stand her so much she also brings a kickball and one of those like Costco size like cheese balls or circ- I don't know what they're called like cheese puffs but like the round ones <laughs> and either hand and I'm just wondering Darcy, when are you planning on playing kickball in your huge bell bottoms and wedge heels? They also, she and Georgie have to, it's like a decline, a hill that they have to go down to get to Stacey and Florian. So just, if you don't want to show, just picture what that looked like with her, a ball in one hand, a carton of cheese puffs in the other, wedges. I mean, she Darcy... 
Silva's the great physical comic of our life. So then we get into this, like, (laughs) pissing contest between Darcy and Stacey. Lorian has brought one of those forehead thermometers (laughs) to check them. And Stacey goes, excuse me, Darcy makes Georgie and Stacey hug. And then she asks Georgie if they feel the same, like if their boobs feel the same against his chest, if their body feels the same. (laughs) So then Stacey makes Florian hug Darcy and she's like, do we feel the same? He's like, she feels like my sister. Like, I don't want to be part of this. This is very weird. (laughs) And you have to understand, like when Florian thinks something is weird, That's a time where we all need to check ourselves and self-evaluate what's happening here. So then they all sit down and Stacey's like, oh, I've gained a few pounds. Like, how have you guys been keeping fit in quarantine? And Darcy's like, well, you know, we've been keeping busy. And how about you guys? Have you guys been... (laughs) And Stacey says that they've been doing a lot of cardio and that Florian has been like lifting her. That those sorts of sexual positions <laughs> and Darcy's like well I haven't heard you guys in the hallway or anything <laughs> like that's the gauge of whether or not you're having sex hearing your sister screaming passionately from down the hall <laughs> these women have no idea how much they need to separate from each other <laughs> this is getting weird for me (laughs) so then Darcy's like okay well I have to tell you something so Georgie you have to tell them something and basically forces Georgie to tell Stacey and Florian that he's still married blah 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 he's in the process of getting a divorce explains the whole situation with the courts closing and Stacey's like oh so you're still married that's what I'm hearing yeah (laughs) so then So he has Darcy like, are you okay with that? Darcy doesn't answer. So then Stacey decides to change the subject. And this is exactly what I knew was going to happen. Well, on a happy note, you're not the only one who's married. And Darcy's like, what? What do you mean? (laughs) Darcy's like, why didn't you send me a text? You didn't FaceTime me to let me know? Like, why did you not do this? And then she goes... Oh, okay, so are you guys over your trust issues? <laughs> Knowing damn well that that lady sent her more videos of them hooking hooking up or pseudo-hooking up, whatever. So, um, they go for a walk. No, sorry. So, <laughs> Darcy says, you know what, usually I... I would um feel bad but in this case I actually just feel sorry for Stacy because I know that there are more videos of Florian and that chick so mm, I don't know so then they all go for a walk Darcy takes Stacy for a walk and is like okay you just got married I'm going to just drop a huge shit bomb on you and show you those videos that this girl sent me. 
while you were get off getting married, okay? So they go to the bridge. <laughs> Darcy's like, you know what? I really need to show you something. The girl sent me more videos than Stacy's like, what? Uh, hold on, hold on. I, 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 uh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Hold on. <laughs> so they show the videos, two videos actually. One where they're in the bed. Clearly all these videos were filmed on the same day because they're wearing the same clothes, right? The girl's wearing this like blue, lacy, could kind of look like lingerie, but isn't, I, I think it might be like more of a dress, but whatever. So <laughs> she shows her the videos. One is where they're, it almost looks like they're humping. And then another is where Florian gets like kind of close to her face and it almost looks like they kiss, but maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. So Stacy is clearly very livid. She says she feels like she's going to throw up. Darcy's response is, well, if you had told me that you were getting married, then I would have been able to show you those earlier. <laughs> Not like, I love you. I'm sorry. I wish I had, I wish I had known. <laughs> if I had known. Oh my gosh. My gosh. It's so funny. She's mad. That Stacey didn't tell her that she was getting married. Like, you had all the time in the world to show this your sister these videos. And now you're going to weaponize it against her when you could have told her. Oh my gosh. So they get back to the guys and Stacey's like, Well, Florian, what I saw was disgusting. So I'm out of here. I need space. She walks off, gets in her car, goes off. Florian follows her and then when she drives off, he's just like left to pace around the parking lot. <laughs> and he goes, the producer's like, what's going on? And he's like, no, no snitchy. I hate snitchy. I assume he's meaning nosy. <laughs> I don't know what snitchy is. <laughs> sneaky? It can't be sneaky. Cause they're, I, I'm very confused. Hard to say. So Darcy and Georgie find him. <clears throat> they get in their car and Darcy's like, okay, like, I'll take you back to the apartment. He's sitting there and Georgie gets out of the car and is like, you know what? I just felt like I had to talk to Florian because I want him to know that I'll always be there for him. Georgie, you just met this man. <laughs> you guys have spent a total of 15 minutes together. But Darcy thinks that this is the kindest, sweetest thing that he's so supportive that Georgie showing being nice to Florian is a way to prove that he is invested in their relationship. I, I really don't get it. Darcy will take anything, anything at all <laughs> to prove that this man is dedicated to her. So the next day we see Florian alone in there, you know, sitting on the Murphy bed and pouting he says that Darcy called him that night to tell him that Stacy was going to go back to her house. And then we, you know, he's like, this chick is trying to ruin my life. And I just, I need answers as to what exactly Florian was thinking. Why did you hang out with this woman? 
Why did you go back to a hotel with her? Was this purely something to do to drum up drama with the show? For the show? I need some real answers here. So then we get Stacy in bed and she's like, you know what? I just feel like I've been hit by a truck and I feel like part of her is missing, but I can't do this anymore. What can't you do? What can't you do, Stacy? I can't wait to find out. All right, y'all. Uh, let's move on to the last two parts of well, the Well, there's still all this baby movie. talk. What do you think about your mom possibly having a baby with Michael? She's just talking. She's not having no baby. Skyla, we She's are going to have a baby. No. No. Skyla, we, we've talked about this over and over again. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, needs to, we need your egg. How many times have we talked about this? How many no's have you gotten? How many yeses have you we gotten? We've talked about this now. We don't take no for an answer, so you already should know you're going to give us your egg and toad it or both. All right, so we did it, y'all. We're at the end of another season of Happily Ever After. Honestly, I'm so grateful. Like, I, now that, oh gosh, like, I hope we never have to see Andre and Libby, Colt, Debbie, Asuelu, Tammy, Tammy's ass especially. Oh, I just feel refreshed and renewed. And so let's get into it and close this chapter. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So, we start off with Asuelu and Kalani. The end of part one, uh, they she showed the clip of Tammy, his mother... And Kalani getting to into that fight on the pier in which Asuelu's mom had to basically put Tammy into a bear lock, some sort of wrestling move in order to get Tammy to stop from kicking Kalani's ass like she had promised to do. Uh, doesn't sound believable to me, but anyway. So Sean asks Asuelu to tell his mom how he felt about, you know, him seeing that she didn't care about his kids and that they should get a divorce. And he's like, you know, I wish she didn't say that. Tammy tries to defend their mom by saying like, oh, you know, she was mad. And he's like, I don't care that she was mad. And Tammy continues this narrative of like, she apparently can do whatever the fuck she wants. She can say whatever she wants, but she seems to be the arbiter of you can't do this, you can't do that. 
Um, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell mom what to do. Why are you involved? You know, why are you speaking right now? That's really her only defense. And it's so lame. And the more she kept saying it throughout the episode, it's like, girl, don't tell me what to do. Like, okay. Okay. So, you know, Tammy tells us really like, don't tell my mom what to do. And Sean is like, well, and she asked Kalani's mom, Lisa, what she thinks. Because she had not seen that video, that clip. And she's pissed. She's really pissed. She's like, I actually think it's very surprising that I'm getting judged for inserting myself into Kalani and Asuelu's relationship when I would never have said anything close to what his mom said and what Tammy said. So Kalini and Tammy then start getting into it. Tammy's threatening to beat Kalini up. She says she's going to beat, uh, Angela up at one point Andre (laughs) says you know I don't think Tammy you should be um threatening people and it you know that's going too far and like are we supposed to forget that he has threatened to kick his brother's ass on multiple occasions okay Libby then chimes in is like you know what that's Tammy that's not classy to say that you're gonna beat anybody up and it's like okay and I failed to mention last week that um Libby's only other contribution into anybody's uh storylines or arcs or whatever was her saying that Larissa is a stripper and basically trying to slut shame her and now we see, like, it is completely confirmed that the only time we see Libby display any level of confidence is when she brings other women down. It's actually really sad. And every time she does it, she looks over at Andre for some sort of support or to, it's really gross to see that, like, this is a real Libby. This is a real Libby who has no power in her own relationship that she has to put other women down in order to like get any sort of confidence within herself. She's so, (laughs) she's such a shell of a human being and she's so insecure and she literally has no power, no autonomy for herself and this is how she gets it is by being rude to other people and it's pathetic pathetic actually so angela says tammy you're full of contradictions which is basically what i was saying is like you tell people that they can't talk but you seem to have a lot to say and if i were your mom i'd tear your ass up (laughs) then angela flexes at one point and she says Lo Kalani's mom should have torn Asuelu's ass up as well to get him to grow up. And, you know, that's a thing to say. Did, you know, it's like, do I condone violence and do I condone people putting hands on each other? No. Do I understand, would I have looked the other way if Lo had been like, you know what? me and you in these two fists and I'm gonna give you one too yeah I would 
I would. I would have. I really would have. So, thankfully, her mom chimes in. She's been quiet this whole time. She tells Tammy to stop, which is the only thing that gets her to shut up, thank God. And she tells Asuelu, like, you know, Asuelu is helping and she's thankful for everything that he does for her. And she apologizes for telling them to get a divorce. Kalani at this point is pulling out like one of those big, like old school bags of popcorn, like a movie theater from the fifties thing of popcorn. His mom, apparently she's like, you know what? I actually also told him to stop going out and playing volleyball and going to his dance and to worry about his family. And he should like not just be out here in these streets where he get COVID at any point. So Tammy's still adamant that like, oh, you know, if this way, if you can't give money to my family, then you guys just need to get a divorce. And at this point, like I'm willing to put hands on Tammy. She has the jaw of like, who was that guy? (laughs) Who was the character from family guy with that big ass jaw? got a jaw like quagmire look it up look it up and tell me if i'm wrong (laughs) so oh my gosh she just drives me crazy so then they play the clip of kalani at the airport saying you know this was them going back home from their trip to portland and saying that she wants to break up with this way lou sean is like what were you feeling in that moment at the airport and she's like um basically the same feelings that I'm feeling now, which is that I'm caring about a person who acts one way that I like and in other ways that I cannot stand and I can't live with. Lisa is disgusted because Asuelu's just sitting there stone-faced, has no reaction. She's like, look at him sitting there. He is not saying a word. No, nothing, not giving no emotion whatsoever to the situation. And at that point, Asuelu takes off his mic and walks out. He, It seems like they're on the floor, like the ground floor where the basement is. Not the basement, the garage. And um, so he goes out the door. So then Kalani gets up and she does like some selfie cell phone footage of her trying to figure out where he is. So it looks like she opens the garage door. She tries to the door to the garage and the door's locked. So she has to go around realizes that his keys are gone and he clearly left so everybody is trying to make rational claims about why Asuelu behaves like he is like he is emotionally unstable and all of that and Tammy's like well I think Kalani should help him and if she can't help him get through his issues then they just need to get a divorce (laughs) okay Putting all of the onus and all of the responsibility on Kalani for his lifetime of not being able to work through his emotions in any sort of mature way. So Sean is like, well, Kalani, do you think there's any way you can get him back? And she's like, well, I texted him, but he blocked me. And Tanya's like, does he do this? Or no, I think Andre says, does he do this every time you get mad? She's like, yeah, he blocks me, my phone number. He blocks me on every social media outlet. When he's upset, that's what he does. And they're like, well, what if something were to happen? Like, what if an emergency were to happen? She's like, I don't know. 
that's just, you know, how he is. I feel for Kalani for trying. I think she's tried way too hard and put way too much effort into this relationship, but I, I applaud her effort, if only for the children to try and make this work. But honestly, like, their situation is unique in that Asuelu's not even, from what we've seen, invested in being a good father. And it's not even a situation where you can be like, oh, well, he, you know, we don't get along or we have our issues, but at least he's a good dad. It's like, he's not even really an active and present father. He doesn't really seem to be that invested in parenting from what we see. So I I don't think there's really much to be fighting for, to be honest. Like what she's fighting for him is to one day grow up and mature and be the man that he needs to be as a husband and father. But I mean, she's going to be waiting a lifetime for that. So then we get to Colt and Jess and Vanessa Colt's, we used to sleep together. We, whatever situation she moved in, blah, blah, blah. So Vanessa joins a tell all and Larissa calls her a crocodile. <laughs> uh, Vanessa says that she and Colt became friends because they were both in bad marriages when they met. Colt's like, well, she reached out to me on Instagram and she was commenting on my pictures and honestly like I didn't even respond to her until she um until Larissa got arrested for a second time and at that point like when they started talking they really started getting along he said that he really wanted to date Vanessa but oh excuse me I was just fishing. Okay. He really wanted to date Vanessa after he got divorced from Larissa, but she said no. She started dating somebody else. So then at that point, he started to date Jess. So Jess is like, well, I want to know why you would even start dating me if you had feelings for Vanessa. Good question, Jess. And she says, you know, I honestly, I don't know any reason. I don't know why anybody trusts Colt because he's a liar boy. And at that point, Debbie walks off. I'm sick of Debbie. I'm so tired of this woman. <laughs> so Sean was like, okay, well, let's get to the bottom of this. Did you cheat on Jess? And he was like, well, yeah, after I got back from our trip to Brazil, I did sleep with Vanessa. And Jess is like, he was cheating the whole time. And he's weird. And he's disgusting. Point number two for you, Jess. So Sean is like, why did it take you so long to admit that you actually did sleep with Vanessa because you've been denying it this entire time? And Colt's like, well, I have a tendency to lie to women. Like, no, duh, stupid. And, you know, Jess gave me an identity as her boyfriend and potential husband. And honestly, I don't even think I loved her. And there seems to be no introspection into like, that's weird. Maybe I need to look into myself. Look deep down past my titties and see what's going on in my heart. Larissa says, you know, Colt also cheated on me. And Colt was like, well, at most I had an emotional affair. Then Sean, uh, Larissa's like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, Sean, I'm going to tell you something I've never told anybody before. 
he kept lying about where he was going, say he was going to work, but then he was going to the bank and just driving around and whatever. So I put a GPS tracker on his ass and when I checked the night that I got arrested, he got a text that I think was from Vanessa says, I'm done. I'm tired of waiting. So Sean asked Vanessa if she loves Colt and she's like, oh, well, I really love him as a friend, but like, I don't really trust him as a romantic partner, as a boyfriend because he lies and he just goes from girl to girl to girl to try and figure things out. And just like, well, why how can you even be friends with somebody like that? Like a great question, Jess, again, point number three for you. I can't, I'm trying to think like, have I been friends with people who've been shitty romantic partners like to other people? And I don't think so. Like, how do you respect somebody who would act the way that Colt does, who uses women who clearly what's happening with Colt? He has low self-esteem. We knew that from the very beginning when we, before we even met Larissa. Scene one of his first season. So clearly what's happening is the longer he's on the show, the more he gets these like weirdo desperate women to hit up his DMs and he takes advantage of every single one. He has now had this like weird relationship to his ego while still being very insecure and narcissistic and it it's like a very strange combination because these it's like a false sense of bravado that he has and he's clearly like something has gone on where he kind of knows how to maintain this air of like false confidence and whatever but like he also he's got too much dip on his ship like he's got all of these games going on at the same time and he's not playing them very well at all and it's weird but again like I Vanessa like all of these women stood to gain something by his relationship, their relationship to him. And I think like, he doesn't want to acknowledge that. And like, who would, that's embarrassing. And it's an unfortunate side effect of having any level of recognition, but uh, he's just weird. And I still like, even though there are things that you could potentially feel bad for him about, like, I just think he's a slimy, shitty dude. Like, I don't, it's not, like, they're trying to take advantage of him, but then he's doing it back in an emotional way. And I think that's worse than people trying to take advantage of him for being famous. Because he's just, like, playing with people's emotions. And that, I think, is really fucked up. Anyway, stop analyzing Colty. Let's do that, shall we? So, Vanessa, Sean asked Vanessa, like, does she have any regret about involving herself into Colt's life with Jess and she's like well no Jess has called me a bitch so I don't care like well she called you a bitch for a reason because you slept with her man multiple times while they were together (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so 
oh my gosh, Jess is like so pissed and she goes off about like karma and she says, fuck you. So Vanessa walks off. Sean calls for a break and everybody walks off. The only people who stay on camera are Jess, Colt, and Debbie. So then Colt goes into this weird, like, sweet boy voice and is like, hey, Jess, how are you? She's like, I, I don't want to talk to you. And he's like, why? Like, you know, I just want us to be cool with each other. I just want us to be on good terms. And she's like, you need to stop playing with me and grow up. And that's point four for Jess. So moving on to Tanya and Sinjin. Their whole scene or their whole storyline was basically of him being in them going on their trip to South Africa. I don't know what they would have done. The interesting thing is, yeah, most of their storyline was in South Africa, but we did see the beginning of them in Connecticut and moving to their new place Everybody in the reunion had backup, so to speak. Like, everybody had somebody speaking for them, defending them, and except for Tanya. Like, every single person. And I thought that was interesting. Now, granted, all those people were on TV, but, like, I wonder... Remember when Sinjin and Tanya had their first season? There was a lot of, like, beef happening between Tanya and her sister who we saw like off camera there was beef between them and I wonder if there's anything going on between Tanya and her mom because Tanya's sister was going off to like reddit and anywhere she could speak up and say like Tanya is exactly the kind of terrible person that you think she is and You know, she's actually even worse than that. So I just wonder if anybody has any info on that. Let me know. So Sean asks how it feels to be back in America. And Sinjin's like, kind of sucks. It's really cold. It's like nine months of winter in Connecticut. I don't do well with winters. I don't like it. So I left when we left South Africa. It was like nice and warm and sunny. And we get back in his winter. And I hate it. He admits that he does have a job now. He's working as a server. But his main job is to get on Tanya's nerves. (laughs) So Sean asks, like, what is y'all's main source of conflict between each other? And he says, well, we don't see eye to eye about our future. I actually, like, I think maybe I said this before, but I actually found Espelu and Kalani and Tanya and Sinjin's storylines to be by far the most compelling of the season. So... Sean asks, like, how is lockdown affecting your relationship? And Tanya says, well, our arguments have gotten really toxic. And Sinjin says, you know, we have a second bedroom. Thank God for that. Because oftentimes one of us will sleep in the other bedroom. Andre offers up a very good solution of, hey, um, maybe Tanya should get a job. So that she'll stop picking on you, Sinjin. Thank you, Andre. Oh, Lord. So Colt is like, would you say y'all's marriage was healthy? And Sinjin says, no. (laughs) Sean is like, okay, are you guys talking about divorcing? And Tanya's like, well, it can get really heated between us. And the last 
arguments that we've been having, the last three arguments we're having are drinking, drinking, drinking. So we're back to this drinking situation. Sinjin says, yeah, I drink. I like to go out and garden. And if I want to have a cold beer or if I'm watching a TV or like a sports show, like sports show, (laughs) if I'm watching a game, then yeah, I will have a beer. The South African culture, we drink a lot. It's not strange. It's really not here hindering my job or my day-to-day life. So I don't think it's a problem. Tony says that he is actually lying and covering up the truth about his situation. So Sean is like, well, okay, do you think that he's an alcoholic? And Tony's like, no, I don't. But the drinking doesn't help. And so Andre keeps trying to ask, like, if the root of Sinjin's drinking is because of Tanya. And then Tanya says, no, he's not telling the full truth about his situation. And I don't want to share what happened recently, but something happened and it's embarrassing. You can kind of see Sinjin tense up and they're kind of like trying to get it out of her. What exactly happened? But Sinjin gets away with it. So Shania, Shania, Sean then invites the Sinjin's old roommates from South Africa on. And she's like, well, do you think that he has a drinking problem? And they're like, no, we don't. Sinjin, do you have a problem with work? Do you have a problem getting there? Has it been an issue in the past? No. So Debbie then asks Tanya, like, how long are you going to be able to take Sinjin and his drinking and Tanya's like not very long and he knows it so then Colt asks Sinjin if he's willing to give up drinking for their marriage and he's like no and everybody's like ooh (laughs) Sinjin says you know to be honest I will not giving give up drinking and if it bugs her then I'll just find somebody that doesn't think that I'm an alcoholic in fact maybe I'll find somebody who thinks that I don't drink enough and wants me to drink more so then they go to that scene with Sinjin and his friends where he goes out by himself and they you know drink together and they're talking about you know like what's going on with you what's happening and how did we get to you guys being married we hear the story about how Sinjin and Tanya met and he basically moved her in she was living there for two months they're like, we have no problem with inviting a girl home. Like, well done. But we weren't expecting her to move in. And this is something that we need to address with Sinjin. Um, we see them talking about how, you know, Sinjin was in a lust bubble with Tanya when they first met. And, you know, like, he could be happier in their relationship. So Sean asked what she thought about that scene. She's like, well, honestly, I don't disagree about the less bubble comment, but I've always just felt that there was something more there. And so then Sean asked Tanya about moving in and one of his friends is like, you know, it really shifted the dynamics in our apartment and she was moving things around and just making things very uncomfortable for us. So then, um, then what happens okay so Sean asks what like what do you 
She asks his friends, what do you think the source of Sinjin and Tanya's relationship issues are? And his friend's like, well, honestly, I want to ask them that question. If they're a good fit and what the issue is. So Tanya says, Sinjin says that the relationship with Tanya escalated really quickly and they didn't stop to take stock of how they got to where they are now. So when his friend James is like, Tanya, I want you to answer what you guys, what you think. Like, do you guys think you're a good fit? And Sinjin starts to answer. They're like, no, no, actually, we want Tanya to answer if you think they're a good fit. So when Sinjin began to answer, he said no. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so then Tanya says, well, I do think we're a good fit. So Sean then asks a very good question. Sinjin, if you and Tanya hadn't gotten married, where do you think your relationship would be right now? And he says, I think we would have broken up, to be honest with you. It's like, we've been together, what, two, two and a half years? And I don't want to spend another two years trying to see where this is going and figure things out. He says, realistically... I think I got like another year for in me to try and figure things out. And even that seems like a long time. I think they just need to break up. Like, why don't they just break up? I feel bad for Tanya because it's clear that she's way more invested in this situation, in their relationship than he is. And I don't know if like Sinjin is... I don't know what's motivating him anymore to stay, honestly. And I don't know. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Later on, um, just to like wrap up their whole story, Sean is like, okay, where do you guys land on having children? Sinjin says he's still unsure and... Sean is like, why didn't you guys not address this before you got married? Why didn't you talk this? Tanya, I'm really confused about what she was trying to say. Cause she was like, at first, like at some point she was saying that they did have this conversation and that he did tell her that he wanted to have kids. And then she goes on to say like, I don't even need to know now if he wants to have kids. I just need to know if it's something we can do in the future but I also don't want to wait that long Sean at one point asked like how would you feel about having kids five years from now she's like I really am not trying to do that so I think there's a lot I mean I think I know that there's a lot of uh miscommunication between the two to me and Jess point number five for you says I think that Sinjin's not telling the truth. And I agree. I think he keeps saying, like, I don't know if I want to have kids. Eh, I don't know. And I think this is a thing of, like, he doesn't want to have kids with her. And he doesn't even want to say, I want to have kids at all. Because their relationship is on such shaky ground that he doesn't even want to open up that box of, like, I do want to have kids because that's one more thing that's going to keep her invested in this relationship. And if he just says, 
I don't really think I want to have kids, then that's just like one av- one more avenue that they don't have to go down. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mm. So, I, I really don't want to talk about Angela and Michael. Sean asks everybody how the pandemic is affecting their sex lives. So they go through the list and <laughs> Andre and Libby say they have sex about five times a week. And Sean is like, okay, realistically, I'm going to knock two days off of that. And he's like, well, you know, it depends. Sinjin and Tanya say it's like four days a week for them, but there is some foreplay. Larissa and Eric. Eric says that they have sex about four or five days out of the week, but they fool around basically five or six days a week. Sean asks um, Larissa, who's a better lover, Colt or Eric? And I had to look within myself and think, just off of, not appearances, but just off of, like, general vibes, who would have been a better lover, and I kind of have to feel like it's probably pretty much a tie, but Larissa says that Eric is better, I mean, of course she was going to say Eric is better, she hates Colt, even if it, even if Colt was, like, you know, (laughs) come on, um, she's like, well, he was more experienced, He's been with more women. He's been with different types of women. So I'm going to say Eric. So Colt is like, (laughs) this is the only time where Colt actually like gets really heated and the mask kind of falls from him. And he's like, I just need everyone to know that I love to fuck and that she was the one. Larissa was the one who didn't want to have sex with me. Okay. Because I was having sex with Jess all the time. Okay. (laughs) So. Larissa's like, okay, I was on anxiety meds at the time that I was dating or married to Colt. It completely killed my sex drive. There you go. And he's like, Colt's like, that's fine, but don't blame it on me because we went to therapy and you were telling the therapist that I wanted it too much. And so was it too much or was it not enough? Okay. And Tanya's like, calm the fuck down. (laughs) Why is this the hot button issue for you? Like, you need everybody to know that you love sex and that you can do it. I don't need to know that information, honestly. I don't need to derive any more other memories of 
that penis. I don't, oh, flashing in my head once again. So then John asks Angela and Michael how they make it work. And Angela says that that Michael will do like a sexy little strip tease when he's about to take a shower and like maybe he'll, you know, move the towel in a very suggestive way, drop the towel and she she likes to (laughs) bend over a lot on FaceTime because he really likes her butt. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, Sean asks about having a kid and this is where Angela keeps going back and forth as to what it is that she wants. So first they start off being adamant that they need Skylo to give them an egg and to also tote the egg so that they can have a kid. And that this is what's going to happen as if Skyla has no autonomy over her body whatsoever. So Skyla comes on and she's like, no, sorry, before Skyla comes on, Michael's like, okay, well, we're going to either need her egg from Skyla. And if not, we'll have to have a surrogate. And then Angela creates this whole scenario of we're not getting a surrogate because I'm going to have to move the surrogate in and then Michael's going to get erections, seeing her walk around in a nightgown. And, <laughs> and something about it popping out of the baby, popping out of his ass. I, I was very confused. But this is like a whole lot of delusions happening from Angela. Angela, did somebody tell Angela to get some therapy for her very deep-seated issues with insecurities? Because, yeah, I know that Michael like cheated on her. But it's going way beyond this one situation where he got a BJ. Way, way past this. Like, it's weird. I honestly, I don't even want to talk about Angela and Michael. Basically, what happens is Skyla comes on. She says, I'm not giving them a baby. It's going to, like, how am I going to be able to live my life thinking that this child is technically mine? I'm not doing it. Then Angela, the Skyla's also like, I don't even know why he's pressuring her into having a baby anyway. He should have understood that he was marrying a woman in her 50s and that this was probably not going to be something that could realistically happen. So then Angela completely flips the script from Skyla, you need to give us a baby, to I don't know why Michael's making me do this. He should understand. Blah, blah, blah. And like, that's a fair argument, but why you don't go from we're having a baby and my daughter has to give us an egg to you're now pressuring me and I think you only want to have a baby to ensure your status in America, your immigration status. Like, how did we get from there to there? Because Angela's been wanting to have this baby Unless this is just a fake storyline and she let it slip now that she actually doesn't want this baby and now he's pressuring her. It it can't be both of them. It can't be both. So it, it just gets really heated. Michael's Aunt Lydia comes and joins and then we get this whole conversation about you promised us before you got married that you were going to ha- try and have a child 
and why aren't you more submissive to Michael and Michael really wants to have a kid and this is a thing that I say all the time on this on the show don't get married to someone if you guys are not in the same place about having children Michael Skyla was absolutely right why did you marry somebody who was at a certain age to which procreating was going to be very hard not only that you knew that she went from having one egg to no eggs and you knew that before she got married but also Angela this man has been very adamant about the fact that he does want to have a kid so why would you marry somebody that a you couldn't provide that child to and b you think that the only reason he wants to have a kid with you is so he can stay in America Make that make sense. I don't get it. Angela, you know, of course, she gets pissed off about the whole submissive conversation, banging her hands on the desk, moving, like, putting the camera down like Nene in their Zoom reunion. I don't want to talk, blah, 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 screech and screech, and I'm an American. I can do whatever I want. Why don't you, I have to always respect your culture. You never respect my culture and that I can do whatever, and I'm not going to be submissive to you, Michael. I already told you that. Why are you making me do this? And you never listen to me. Shut up. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Don't, don't put your finger in my face. I'll put my finger in your face. Go to hell, Michael. I'm not doing this, you know. How many times do we have to go through this? How many times? Michael, you always get this way. When you're around your aunt, you're so nice to me with your mom. And when you're alone with me, but now you're this completely different person. And you want me to be submissive to you. And I already told you, I'm an American. I'm not doing this. Basically, I mean, Michael, she does not let Michael get a word in edgewise. Finally, Aunt Lydia says what we all think is that, girl, it's now even beyond submission. You should respect this man because he's your husband. And you don't even let him finish a sentence. Like, he's trying to explain when we'll try another way to have a baby if you can't do it on your own. What he's saying is the other ways that we can try are IVF or adoption. Not, I'm going to get another wife shut up bitch and be submissive to me (laughs) and if she would let him finish a damn sentence she wouldn't have to get so hot and bothered about it It, I mean it's so wild you know she threatens to divorce him he says we're just gonna have to figure this whole thing out once I get there everything is worked out and we're gonna find a result is what he says Then Angela reveals at the end of the uh, special that she is actually planning on getting weight loss surgery. She plans on losing 100 pounds. That, you know, I was always beautiful, but I just had a weight problem and I don't want to have to do this. Michael had no idea. And he is very upset about it. But you notice that when he's upset... He says it in a very calm way and that he lets her say what she has to say. Even if he doesn't agree with it, he's not pouting and banging on the computer and walking off and this, that, and the other and 
screaming F you, F you at her? Is he? No. So I don't know why we're even having this conversation about submission when it's very clear that the only person in this relationship who is submissive is Michael. Anyway, he's really pissed off. He's like, I love you the way you are. You know, I like your body. You don't have to do this. I don't understand why you would go through elective surgery. You know, I don't like that. I don't understand why you wouldn't tell me this. And she's like, well, if you have a problem with it, then I guess you can try and get here in the next two weeks. Cause I'm getting it done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. The really the end of the episode is like figuring out what's going on with Eric and Larissa. Larissa says that she has a work permit in terms of her um uh immigration status. It's been taking years now. She really doesn't know. We all know the other day that she got arrested and that there is, you know, a probability that she is, uh, I think she said eligible for basically like remittance back to her country. So not looking good. Uh, clearly this is the last we're going to be seeing of Larissa on the show because they fired her for her work on cam soda. Uh, Eric they do the whole thing about um when Larissa had a conversation with Natalie the girl who she had found text on Eric's phone from when he was talking about her and Natalie comes on I'm saying I don't understand it's pathetic that Larissa would be back with this guy given what he said but she doesn't want to say what he said to her and Eric rightfully is like are you going to answer the question of what I what it is that I did and what it is that I said or are you just going to like do the runaround? And I kind of feel like that's fair. Like, why did you even come on here if you weren't going to say what he said? And it was so disgusting and so terrible. And somehow now Natalie is mad at Larissa for getting back with him. <sighs> okay. Okay. I mean, what she said on the phone to Larissa was that he was he told her that he was talking to Colt and that they had had a conversation about how Larissa gives each of them a blowjob and they were like basically comparing notes about it, which is gross and not cool at all. But if you're going to say it on the phone with Larissa and not say it, and you know that you were recorded, why wouldn't you just repeat what he said? Like, I, is it because he didn't say it? Like I, I just don't see what the stakes are in it for her to keep him basically like you're protecting him by not saying what he said. So anyway, it, it, it was just weird. It, and what else happened? Oh, just revealed what I told y'all a couple weeks ago, which is that she did marry a guy named Brian. She met him through Larissa. And Larissa's friend Carmen, they're married. She's very happy. Colt is clearly pissed off and jealous of the situation. So he kind of turns it around and be like, oh, Jess, congratulations on your reading card. Congratulations. Good luck for you. And I feel like the luckiest man in the world because I'm now free of these women. And it's like, okay, fine. Are you free of them? Or are you looking at two women who left you? 
and got with weird, but now they're in steady relationships. And now here you are getting your mom to defend you. You know, no, that's all you're left with a bunch of cats and your mother. So, all right, you guys, that's the end of happily ever after. I'll be back next week with the return of 90 day. The other way I'm actually really excited about, uh, the family Chantel is coming back. Darcy and Stacy. So it's a packed, it's a packed situation. You guys have a great week. I will check in with you next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Bye.